Welcome back to Views from Third Man. And before we start, can I just take a second to wish all of you a happy new year. Happy 2021. Guys, we made it. So for those of you who are first-time listeners, this is a cricket podcast where we look at the events in world cricket and try to look at them from a fan's point of view. And so just to get a brief introduction into what we're doing today, on the 4th of January 1971, the first one-day international game in cricketing history was played. And today, 50 years later, we can look back at some of the best moments in one-day cricket. So we're doing something interesting on the podcast today, something we don't normally do. We're picking our best one-day games of all time or my favorite one-day games of all time that I've, either heard, that I've either heard about or seen the highlights of or have just had the privilege of witnessing in my own lifetime. Um, so again, this is a purely personal list. So before we actually get into it, I'd like all of you to just pause the podcast and try making your own list so we can see how they match up because there have been so many amazing games. It's virtually impossible for all of us to have the same list. So before we start, as always, just some ground rules. I've decided to only pick three World Cup matches. So because otherwise for the top 10 games, you could just pick seven or eight World Cup finals and one game where South Africa and Australia scored upwards of 400 runs. That was an absolute run fest. And that's your list. So for the purpose of this video, we're only picking three World Cup finals. And so before we start, some honorable mentions. The first, of course, World Cup 2003, India versus Pakistan. That run chased by Sachin Tendulkar, 98 of, I think, 75 balls to chase down what was then a very good score by Pakistan. That's one. Then, of course, that game, South Africa-Australia, where both teams made upwards of 400 runs and South Africa chased down the highest score ever after Graham Smith and Herschel Gibbs went absolutely berserk in the beginning. There's this really funny story about Herschel Gibbs, of course, but... Just not to dwell on that for too long. Another one on honourable mention number three: England versus Bangladesh, 2015. England defeat. No, sorry, Bangladesh defeat England and qualify for the quarterfinals of the World Cup. England get knocked out by Bangladesh, and who's to say that was the best thing that would ever happen to English cricket in such a long time? Because now, ever since that day where England was so embarrassed by Bangladesh on a world on the world stage. They've gone and revolutionized one-day cricket as we know it. So those were our three honorable mentions. And now let's move into the seven non-World Cup or non-World Cup final games, really. The first of which comes from 2012. India are playing Sri Lanka in Hobart. And at that time, you used to have tri-series. So there was India, Australia and Sri Lanka. And really, this was a knockout game. India had to chase down whatever Sri Lanka made in 40 overs to reach the final and play Australia. And Sri Lanka made 320. How do you chase down 320 in 40 overs? You send out Virat Kohli, of course. The coming stage innings of Virat Kohli, the chase master, really the day the run chase excellence, excellence was born inside of him. And he made 133 of 86 balls. He tore apart Lasit Malinga, who at that time was the best bowler in the world. That battle where he got 24 runs of one Lasit Malinga over will go down in history as one of the defining moments of his career. So, India versus Sri Lanka 2012. Then another India game, Desert Storm. 
1998. Who's to say two of the best batsmen without Kohli and Sachin Tendulkar? They're coming of age innings in a sense. Desert Storm 1998. We're looking at both games, but more importantly, the first one where Sachin Tendulkar braved the storm and took on Glenn McGrath and Jason Gillespie and all of those incredible Australian bowlers. And as Halbajan Singh said in Sachin Tendulkar's documentary movie, it's like Glenn McGrath was coming in. And turning his head, shaking back because Sachin Tendulkar was just that good at Sharja on that day. And when all of India was thinking of qualification, Tendulkar was thinking of winning. So that's the second game. Then the third, there's a team in cricket, and I'm not saying who, but they're known as the Chokers. Okay, we're talking about South Africa for those of you who couldn't figure that out. But where have they got this reputation of losing in big games? Where have they got this reputation of almost being too scared to win? You know, there's that famous saying, the fear of win, the fear of losing. If that overcomes the desire to win, you'll always lose. And I think South Africa now have that fear of winning. And that really started in 1996 when somebody called Brian Lara, who was going through a bit of bad form at the time, by, of course, his superhuman standards, decided to come and have a bat. He got 111 runs of just 94 balls, which at the time was absolutely insane. And he just knocked South Africa out of the 1996 World Cup. And well, ever since then, they came close in 2015, but things haven't really gone South Africa's way. Then another West Indies versus South Africa game. But this time, we're jumping all the way to 2015. And we're not talking about the one in the World Cup. We're talking about the one that happened at the Bullring in South Africa, in the Wanderers. And that may be the first time a team actually regretted taking a wicket. Because at about 240 for one or two in the 34th or the 35th overs, over outwalked. Mr. 360 himself, A.B. de Villiers, and scored the fastest century in history, playing all those 360-degree shots. Reverse sweeps for six, paddle sweeps to the boundary. A.B. de Villiers made 100 runs in just 31 balls. And he's actually said in an interview that he could have done it faster, but for some reason it just didn't happen. So that's another game. That was one moment that I personally got to see live on TV. It was so incredible to see him playing those kind of shots. So that's another game. Then, cricket is supposed to be a batsman's game. But often the best games are those where it's a contest between bat and ball. And we've talked about this before, where our sport is supposed to be about the ball posing questions and the bat seeking to answer them. And no game better describes that than New Zealand versus Australia in the 2015 World Cup. Now, a lot of these games are from the World Cup, as I've just noticed. But I guess teams do bring their best on that stage. And we're not talking about the final. We're talking about the group stage game where New Zealand bowl out Australia for 152 or thereabouts in 32 overs. Trent Bolt gets 5 for 27. But even more dramatic than that, New Zealand win by one wicket by the end of it. Mitchell Stark, and you know, when Mitch Stark is in that kind of form, you just sit back and watch and enjoy. Even more dramatic than Trent Bowles, 5 for 27, Mitchell Stark gets 6 for 28 and just runs through the New Zealand batting lineup like a knife through cheese. And finally, they're playing at that tiny ground in Auckland in New Zealand or one of those New Zealand grounds. And the nine wickets down in the in the 23rd or 24th over, Stark has bowled na- a nine-over spell. And he's on his last over. Kane Williamson chips one up in the air. And on any other cricket ground in the world, that would have been caught. And Australia would have won by one run. 
But because of the size of the grounds in New Zealand and the flat wicket, the ball just goes over the boundary for the six and New Zealand really escape a game that they should not have won. Then we have the three World Cup games. And of course, they're all World Cup finals. Number The, the first, of course, is a personal pick for me. 2011, India versus Sri Lanka at the Wankhede, the World Cup coming home after 28 years. In the immortal words of Ravi Shastri, Dhoni finishing off in finishing it off in style, a magnificent strike into the crowd. India win the World Cup. MS Dhoni, the hero, Sachin Tendulkar, the one who finally completed or fulfilled his dream of winning a World Cup at home. I'm just choking up talking about it. That was one of the most incredible moments and which really got so many people, so many young children into cricket and inspired them to play the game. Then two more. And the first is symbolic. 1975, the first Cricket World Cup and the final. England versus the West Indies and the West Indies win. Not much is known about that game from my side personally, but just the first World Cup final, limited overs cricket as a format, really came to life in that 1975 World Cup, which culminated in the final. So England versus West Indies, 1975. Then, of course, 2019, the World Cup final. We talked about England versus Bangladesh as one of the shortlists, and that's one of the most incredible stories in world cricket. The growth of England cricket under Owen Morgan from that embarrassing day in 2015 in Australia to that incredible day at Lords. England are playing New Zealand, and New Zealand play their hearts out. But it's almost as if destiny was on England's side, where luck kept going their way, and destiny was on Ben Stokes' side, where No matter how well New Zealand played, England found a way to drag that game into the Super Over. And remember the countback rule? The Super Over gets tied and it's a tie again. The real match was a tie. The Super Over is a tie and England win the World Cup on a boundary countback by by quite literally the barest of margins. Heartbreak for New Zealand. Ecstasy for England. That was an absolutely incredible game. And that also completes our list of, well, my list of my favorite one-day international games in cricketing history. Hope you guys enjoyed. And please do make your own list. It's really a lot of fun.